This is the last sermon I would preach in our identity and purpose. And, but we will always talk about kingdom. So allow me to try to sum this up. Amen. We are coming out of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. We are reading out the new King James. And it reads as such in our hearing. But you are state of being if you are saved. This is who you are, whether you know it or not. It's in your spirit. Whether you act like it or not, if you have the Holy Spirit, it's in your spirit. It's, it's, who, it's, 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 it's contrary to your, your human nature. It's contrary to your own nature, but, but he has placed this in you. <laughs> okay, got me, got me, got me. He said, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal or kingly priesthood. You are a holy nation or holy kingdom because God deals with kingdoms. You are his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him, that is God, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You who were not a people, but you are now the people of God. You who had not attained mercy have now attained saving mercy. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Hallelujah. The thought that I want to bring to you this morning. First of all, it's walking in your purpose on purpose. <laughs> it's intentional. It's intentional. But watch this, watch this, watch this. You are called, anointed, and appointed to be a blessing. Say that with me. I'm called. I'm anointed, I'm appointed to be a blessing. Now turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a blessing. I'm a blessing. Father, even now. Father, allow your truth to go forth through your word. And allow your truth to set us free this morning. Father, let there be a supernatural receiving of your supernatural word. Lord, close me with dunamis power that I may get caught up in you and be your mouthpiece. Lord, even now, saturate. Lord, even now, Lord, empower. Lord, even now, glorify yourself. Amen.
there should be a, 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 a coming forth in knowing who we are. I honestly believe that, that if we ever really stepped in who God, what he has done, who he has made us, that you will no longer be afraid of the devil. The devil will be afraid of you. Listen, I'm not just saying that because the scripture tells us greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I mean, don't you remember in Acts when, when the sons of Stephen was, was casting out this demon and the demon said, wait a minute, we know Jesus. Matter of fact, we know Paul. But who the H-E-L-L are you? I said, you, you, you're not saved. You don't got nothing. And they beat them up. Listen, 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 listen. The Holy Spirit abides in you. You are the temple of God. God, the Father, God, the Son, through the Holy Spirit lives in you. There's power in you. God is waiting for us to tap into who he says we are and begin to believe it by faith. And watch this. Shake the dumb stuff off. And begin to step in who he says we are. Listen, this is not overnight, but, but it's a process. But, but, but at some point, we got to change our thinking. At some point, we got to change our talk. It begins with what comes out of your mouth. It begins on how you think. Listen, not in church, out of church. Matter of fact, in church, because everybody that sit here ain't thinking about God. So, 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 so there, there has to be a connection between our thinking, what we saying, and what we say we believe in the truth. That activates the Holy Spirit in our life. Watch this. Watch this. Bring up those statements I, I wrote. Will you bring up those statements? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Some of the things that we need to be saying to ourselves is, I am chosen by God. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, and it won't come up because I didn't give it to him, says this, that from the foundation of the world, I chose you. You didn't choose me, I chose you. Before you came to me, I had already had my call out to you. Matter of fact, before I started in Genesis 1-1, I knew you. I knew you by name, and I had already chosen you. You know what this says to me? This says to me that he didn't choose me based on me. He didn't choose you based on you. So, so if you think he chose you because you good, you wrong. He chose you because God had a plan in mind and a purpose in mind with your name on it. And, and when the time was right, he, he touched you, opened up your blinded eyes, and made you come in. Tell turn to him and say, I'm chosen. He chose me. And I'm glad he chose me. Can, can I say something? If he chose you, you can't be unchosen. Y'all get me? Y'all with me? You know what? We run around trying to get chosen by somebody that don't mean nothing. But y'all just say, oh, you don't want me? You don't know who I am? I'm one of his children. 
guess what? You would have been blessed if you would have chose me, but since you don't want me, speak to the hand. <laughs> you got to have an attitude about who you are in Christ. Your perspective change when you begin to dress yourself in Christ. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter who don't. So what they befriended you on Facebook? Really? I don't even know you. You know, you know, I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. Hallelujah. You know, and that, that has to keep you secure when family acts funny. You know what, you know what, I'm going to say this, but it's a secret, so I'm going to whisper it. Everybody is subject to act funny. So why are you going to base your emotions and who, what you think about yourself based on people that is fickle? Can I give you more? You're fickle sometimes, too. <laughs> Have you ever woke up and said, who am I today? I don't know. <laughs> Go on. He's the foundation. He's the reference point of who we are. I am, go with me, say with this, I am a royal priest. I said, I am a kingly priest. I have royal DNA in me. Now, it's spiritual DNA. It's spiritual, you understand? It's spiritual DNA. Listen, how important this is. That means he's not asking you to change you. He's not asking you to make your flesh better. He asking you to crucify your flesh. Because your flesh can't do what only the spirit can do. You have the divine seed of the Holy Spirit in you, which carries the character of Jesus Christ. It was funny. Uh, Minister Jones is not here, but he said, he said, Pastor, I'm working on patience. I said, I said, what? Why are you working on something you have? Wait a minute, the fruit of the Spirit is patient. The fruit of the Spirit comes from the Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Spirit, don't you? And then if I'm working on patience, it's me, I'm allowing the flesh, which is impatient, to be in control. Listen, it's not I'm working on, it's, it's, it's I need to kill my flesh. So the character of Christ can show up. It's not trying to make something that is dead better. It's tapping into what is alive. Oh, Lord, help me. I'm trying to get through this. We've been called into his kingdom. Did you know you are a kingdom person? There is two kingdoms operating on the earth right now. 
the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. Go back to our first verse, 1 Peter chapter uh, 2. And watch this. He says, he says, go back to our main verse. Christ you are a chosen generation, you are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of him who watch it, called you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So watch this. As a Christian, we have the ability to operate in light and darkness. It's a choice. When we allow our feelings to take over and we act like what we shouldn't act, it's a demon influencing us. I know y'all don't like this, but I'll tell you the truth anyway. Hey, y'all might as well come on. Y'all might as well hear what God, see, see, me and God talks about this. He tells me, I tell you. Y'all might as well enter into my conversation with the Holy Spirit, because as he expounds the scripture, y'all think that we just, we doing something here. God wants your entire life. He wants a surrender. He called, listen what it says. He said, look, why have you done this? He said, because from you, in darkness, I want you to proclaim my goodness. Now, hold on. He said, but unless they see actions, your words don't mean nothing. Unless they see love in you. Listen. If they don't see Christ in us, they're not that impressed with what we said. There got to be evidence that you know him. There got to be evidence that he's living in you. That's why it's a mockery to our, to our Christian when we live anyway. Because our purpose is to show a world that is dying. It's turning the light on and turning it brighter. And guess what? You're his light. You are being called to be his light. How awesome is that? What an awesome task. Can, can, I, can, can, can I step in this a little bit more? Revelation chapter 20, somewhere around verse 4, it says this. It says this. It says, it says that. That we... In the new, when we begin the new king, he said, you shall be his priest and you shall reign with him. Huh? Only, only God's children reign. It does not yet appear who we really are. Now, hold on. Wait a minute. If he couldn't trust you down here, why you think you're going to reign over much up there? Only to the degree that you are faithful down here is he going to give you more up there. I don't know about you. I want all that he has for me. Maybe you want crumbs. I want, listen, I've been eating crumbs for too long. I want everything, everything. 
he has for me. Why not? It's for me. He's given it to me. Hallelujah. I know y'all think I'm crazy, and I am, but I'm crazy for Jesus. It's all good. Listen. He says, I am, I am his. Say that with me. I'm his. Some of y'all didn't even say that. I mean, I mean, as awesome as that is, as awesome as the statement is, some of y'all didn't even say it. To see how, how, how we don't really tap into what the Bible is telling us. It's worse. To, it hasn't become a reality. But, but when you begin to, you know, and how can I say you put it on a little bit at a time. But when the truth of that begins to dawn on you, you begin to understand he's right here, right now. He's all around me. He's in me. He's over me. He's under me. After a while, you don't walk in fear no more because you know you're covered. When you know you're covered, it changes your attitude about the world around you. You know, now we all get off kilter, but the more you know who you are, the quicker you get back up. Hallelujah. Satan will take the wind out of you, but when you know that you know that you know, you get back up. My brothers and sisters, you, you, you have the power through prayer to touch the world. God got your hand and you holding his hand and you with the other hand can touch the world through prayer. That's how powerful God is. Satan is afraid for us to really come into the knowledge of who we are. Listen to Colossians chapter 1 beginning in verse 12. What it says? It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Listen, he has qualified us. Not not me, not you. He has qualified us. Who has has to to be partakers of his inheritance. That does not start in heaven. It starts now. Down here. That that, that there ought to be some some divine stuff about you. You you ought to have a heavenly perspective. You ought to be be experiencing the love of the Father now. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. He said, uh, of the saints. No, somebody said, well, I'm not a saint. Are you saved? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. If you know Jesus, God calls you a saint. You are in the process of sanctification. It don't mean you're perfect. It means you are in the process of sanctification. He said, in the, in the, listen, in the light, not darkness. We see light like this. But there he talking about light and understanding. Light and attitude. Light in the way you see the world. For some people, what you see, they can't literally see. The stuff that I bring from you from the scripture isn't that 
a lot of it, God is downloading, and he's just opening up the scriptures to me that I see it. That's light. Yes, sir. Now, understand what happens. If he shows me something, and I refuse to be, to submit under it, you know what, what God would do? If I'm not obedient, if you're not obedient to the light that is shown, and, and there's an attitude of rebellion. Listen, there's two kingdoms. One kingdom is in rebellion to God. The other kingdom is obedience to God. Now watch this. Even me and you as a Christian, if God shows us something and we say no, what is that? It's, it's rebellion. On a kingdom level, it's a, see, see, we think we got options of choosing. Now, it's a difference if you want to and you're trying to get there and, you're, and God is processing you, then when you know what to do and you say, no. As a child. Now, what happens is the illumination that he would have given you, he'll quit. Given. So for some of you, y'all get this. For others, I'm talking Greek. For some of you, you see deep things. For others, they read the same Bible you read, and it gives no. God is not going to waste something precious. Uh, 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 when you have an attitude that you don't want it. This is relationship. Let, let, me, let, me, make this, let me make this clear. Anybody out here, if, if, you're trying to, if you're trying to give your heart to somebody who showed you or shows you that they don't hold your heart precious, take it back. I don't care who it is. Mama, daddy, children, wife, husband, I don't care who it is. If someone shows you that they don't hold your heart precious, don't keep giving that person your heart for them to step on and kick. Take it back. Well, I love them. Love them from a distance. Why? God, God, that's, that's relationship. That's just relationship. When, when, when somebody don't respond, God says, okay, that's all you want? Okay. If you can do this, I can do this too. And we determine how much we see him. Why? Because it's relationship. He said, he said I, I am his, the song he knows me by name, and he knows everything about you. Oh, that's a good feeling. He really knows. I mean, he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows intimately. He knows you and understands you. This, it says that's who we are. My question is this. Why would you, what's in your mind in this? When you saved us, when you made us, why, Lord? I don't understand. 
because there's nothing we can bring to you, so, so you did it all. So why would you be this gracious, this loving, this good to us? And I think it's right there that, that you may, that we may proclaim his praises, him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Listen, he's trying to save everybody, so he's trying to use you as a light so other people can see him in you. He, he, want, he don't mind blessing you. He want to bless you as much as he can. But, but he wants a response out of us. You know what? The more I realize how good he is, the more I praise him. The closer I get, I don't need a church full to praise him. I have a good time praising him all by myself. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's personal, it's personal. Because I realize that if I can't praise him by myself, I can't praise him in the house full of folks, okay? So I gotta make him and work my way into his presence and know that the best place to be is in his presence. Let me, let me hurry up, let me hurry up. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning one. One of the things that, that holds back that we don't understand is this. Some of us think that we wasn't all that bad. <laughs> from a human standpoint, but can I say from a divine standpoint, you wasn't all that good. <laughs> So therefore, the, the, the more credit we give to ourselves, the less credit we give to him. That's why we cannot, we cannot think that we add anything to our salvation. Salvation is totally of him. Watch this, watch this. You... He made alive. Listen, not good. Look what God is dealing with. He's dealing with alive or dead. Where good and bad comes in, that comes from our humanistic thinking. We apply that to the Bible because we think morality brings about goodness. What God says is this. He said, in my view, you can't be me or look like me. So anything you call good is evil within yourself. Well, he said, because it's, listen, if the seed is bad, the fruit is bad. We're counting the fruit. God is looking at the seed. When Adam and Eve disobey, the godly seed died. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23 will not come up. We've been born again of an incorruptible seed. What do you do with a seed? You plant it and grow it. If I had to be born again, if you had to be born again of an incorruptible seed, that means that we didn't have the seed in the first place. So anything that comes out of a dead seed is what? Oh, y'all getting it. Okay. So look what he says. 
I have made you alive. You were, you were, you were in your trespasses. Now you understand, because the nature was dead, all that it can produce is trespasses and Y'all got me. Okay, let's move on. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, this world system, according to the prince of the power there. Guess who the prince of the power area is? Satan. You know what that means? That means regardless of what you did or didn't do, you was being influenced and pushed. Okay, let me make this. The same demon. Maybe it was a different demon. But it was a demon. The same demon that, 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 that the same influence that influenced me influenced you in whatever you was into. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just want my choices. I just want to do what I want to do. Are you really doing what you want to do? But that's what we think. And not knowing we've been influenced. Let's go on. According to the power of the air, the spirit, that's not Holy Spirit, that is the spirit that's Satan who is a spirit, who now works in the sons of disobedience. Next verse. He said, among whom also we all, let me say that again, we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, the fulfilling and desire of the flesh of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Just as others. But wait a minute. There's another verse. You got to see this. Okay? But God. <laughs> but God. But God. You know, you know what? If you're saved, it's that but God that saved you. If, if, you, if you still got life in you, it's that but God that kept you. That's, that, that's something to shout about. That's something to say, Lord, nobody but you. Nobody but you. Who was, who was rich in mercy. Okay? Listen, because of his great women, you loved me while I was still out there. He loved us when we were at our worst. I don't understand that, but I know it's true. Hallelujah. We got something to shout about. Listen, and I'm going to do this real quick because I want to get to the last verse. Second Corinthians, and this is what it says. It's chapter 5, I think. He says, he says therefore, don't be unequally yoked. You know what that means? That means that you can't run with the people you used to run with. Chapter 5, verse 14 and 18. Listen, listen, listen. Even, even Christians can be unequally yoked. Never forget, this couple came to me. They came, heard about me. They was married. 
And, and, and they came to me, they said, we're on our way to the divorce court. We heard how good you are, and, and we want you to talk to us. I mean, beautiful couple, two, two little girls, sat down with them, started talking to them, and she was in love with him. But he was playing around. And when I was talking to him, you know what he told me? He said, I'm not a Christian. I don't play by the same rules you play by. I don't go by that Bible. He said, you can't use that to bring no conviction on me. I know who I am, and I don't go by what you go by. She's sitting there crying, and he's sitting there saying, now what you going to do? <laughs> he said, my family is Christian, and I'm not ready to accept the Lord. I want to do what I want to do. I turned to her. I shut my Bible and said, Let him go. He want to play around. He want to do all that stuff. He's not faithful. You may love him, but you can't make him love you. And he don't know God. The only hope for him is that we pray for his salvation. From that point on, I said I would never marry a Christian. And I didn't marry them. But after that, I said I would never marry a Christian with a non-Christian. Won't. The word of God is true. Do not be unequally yoked for umber. For what do righteous have to do with wicked? Are they a good person? No, we're talking about seed. We're talking about the seed that is in there, the source that is in there. If it's not of God, it's being influenced by Satan. Matter of fact, you can't even be careful marry a Christian that's not as committed as you are. I didn't mean to get this deep, but we gotta go there. My, my brother said, we are in a battle, and the battle is trying to stop you from becoming what God has called you to be. God has purpose for you. God has a calling on you. Watch this. Watch this. Where I want to go. Don't want that. Don't want that. Don't want that. I'm cutting through a lot of verses. Isaiah 61. Let's go ahead and end this. Isaiah 61. Verse 3. We start at verse 3 and 4. Look what this says. He says... God is, this is Christ, this is his ministry, it is a ministry here of healing. Many times we talk about salvation as, as being saved from our sins, that is true. But Isaiah 61 that Jesus quotes in Luke chapter 4, 18, it deals with what he said, I came to heal you. I know what the world has done. I know what sin has done. I know what the devil has done. And I don't want you to stay Broken. Y'all right. yes, got me. Yes, Look what it says. He says, I will bestow upon you a, 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 a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Ashes is when you are broken. Okay, and he said, what he says, he, this is what he's saying. He said, I, if you let me, 
I bring beauty out of your hurts. Out of your hurt. I don't want I don't want to I don't want to go there, but I'm gonna go there. Listen. But you seeing me now, you would have never saw me when I was out there. I am a totally different person. I remember Rip Burnett told me, me and Mike used to run together sometimes, and me and Mike used to run, Mike would always try to try to outdo me. Wrong thing to do. <laughs> Wrong thing to do. So, so Mike would be like laid out and all that. I remember Rip telling me, he said, by the time you're 21, you're either gonna be in dead, you're gonna be dead or in jail for the rest of your life. Ooh. And you know what? I was prepared for that. I told somebody the other day, when I left the house, I left the house with a mindset, it was okay if I didn't come back. I was ready. I was ready. I was locked and loaded. I was just, you know, it was hurt. It was, it was a whole lot of stuff. I was angry, but I was like, boom. You read? I didn't care. I didn't care. God reached into that mess? God reached into that type of ugliness? He reached into that type of anger? God will reach into your mess. God is an expert at fixing mess. It's a miracle what God would do if you let it. What's this? He said, that's the beauty he's talking about. He said, he said, and I will make you oak trees of righteousness. He said, I planted you in that mess so I can raise you up out of that mess that you will be a testimony for my glory, for my splendor. Next verse, next verse, next verse, next verse, next verse. He said, and they will rebuild. This is people you rebuild. Restore places that's devastated. You renew ruined cities. You have devastated generations. He said, there, there, there are people where, where, the, where the devastation is generational. <laughs> All it takes is one person to rise up and say no. Somebody got to say no. It stops here. No more. You can't have my children. You can't have my grandchildren. I'm taking everything back in the name of Jesus, in the power of Jesus. But somebody got to have the nerve to stand up and say no. It stops here. Next verse. It says, the airline, the strangers, or the people on the outside will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields of mine. What he said? He said, I will give you favor to the degree you trust me. I will give you favor. The things will happen that you can't explain. I'll give you favor. Next verse, next verse. He said, I will call you priest. This is the Old Testament. And he said, I will call you. They said, and you will be called by other people. The priest. People will see God on you. Demonstration of that is this. I was, went into a hospital. It was the psych ward. Got a phone call. Had to go there. 
and, and I was ministering to somebody, and, and I started praying for them. By the time I got finished praying, there was a line down the hallway. They wanted light. And they were saying, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Now what I do, because I don't, I don't want to start a, 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 a disturbance, <laughs> I take them in their room. <laughs> but you know what? They saw and heard something. They came out of their rooms. Because in a desperate situation, people want light. You will feed the wealthy nations. You will be called the ministers of God. You know what? He's not talking about me. He's not talking about his front row. He's talking about all of us. This is who we are. God wants you to touch. Somehow, you and I got to get out of self. devil's not my biggest, biggest enemy. The devil's not your biggest enemy. You, we, yeah, it's, it's self. Say, Satan, Satan wants you to stay right here. He wants you to be selfish. He, he wants you to be it's all about you. But, but what I realize is, is that that does not bring joy. That does not bring fulfillment. What brings joy is when you give yourself away. Don't tell me how awesome you are in relationship with God if you ain't blessing other people. No, don't tell me how anointed you are and you keep it to yourself. The anointing is not for you. It's to be used on other people. God will pour out, pour out, pour out. The more we give, the more God pours out. Now, don't get me wrong. The devil will try to stop you. But the devil is a liar. You got to say to yourself, I'm more than a conqueror. My situation don't dictate who I am. Somehow, you got to get past what's happening on the outside. Know that God is able to make a way out of nowhere. That I am determined to be all that you have called me to be. When we begin to take God serious at what he says about us, what he says about you, something begins to change. Hallelujah. Now, don't get me wrong. All hell will break out. But you know what I tell the devil? The more you mess with me, the more I'm going to mess with you. Now, you done made me mad now. You should have never made me mad. Because you thought I was crazy before? Watch me now. You, you, come on now. You in a fight. And when you in a fight, you got to go all out. You okay? Guess what? We're in a fight. So guess what? You need to make up your mind. Lord, I'm going all out for you. I have made up my mind. I want to be all that he has called me to be. You know what? Your biggest blessing is living your life out for him. 
And somehow through prayer, through prayer, through, through saying, I am all these things, you begin to put stuff out the way and begin to command what God has said to you. And it says, work out your salvation. Not, not work for your salvation, but it's in you. Touch your name. It's in you. Glory is in you. Power is in you. Christ is in you. The anointing is in you. The destiny is in you. Your purpose is in you. Now say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us to be all that you have called us to be.